Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Amen. Called to live commanded to love, commissioned to serve. Amen. And if you can't remember all of that, we live, love, and serve. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. I'm so grateful to be before you this morning. I thank my pastor uh, for the opportunity uh, to share in a word with you. So if you will turn with me to the book of Judges. Amen. The book of Judges. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the seventh chapter. Uh, that is Judges 7. Amen. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8. Hallelujah. Woo, I just, listen, I tell you, God is good. God is good. Judges 7, uh, verses 1 through 8. And it reads... Then Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all the troops that were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Harad. And the camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Moray in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, the troops with you are too many. Somebody say too many. Too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Israel would only take the credit away from me, saying, my own hand has delivered me. Now, therefore, proclaim this in the hearing of all the troops. Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home. Thus Gideon sifted them out. 22,000 returned and 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the troops are still too many. Somebody say too many. Take them down to the water and I will sift them out for you there. When I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. And when I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the troops down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, all those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps, you shall put to one side. All those who kneel down to drink, put in their hands to their mouths, you shall put to the other side. The number of those that lapped was 300. All the rest of the troops knelt down to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 that lapped, 
I will deliver you and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go to their homes. So he took the jars of the troops from their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel back to their own tents, but retained the 300. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Let's pray. God, we bless your name. We thank you and, and we love you. We are so grateful for this day that you have given us. So grateful for this opportunity to be together, even in virtual worship. God, because we still feel your spirit, even virtually. We still know that you're with us, even virtually. We still know that we are connected, even virtually. We know that you see us and you hear us with, we pray, even virtually. And so God, we ask that you continue to bless this service that is already blessed. Continue to allow your spirit to reside in us that we might give you glory for the great things that you are doing. Now, God, I pray that you would stand tall in this, your servant, that your children might hear you more than they see me. And you will get all of the honor, all of the glory and all of the praise because it all belongs to you. And we lift this prayer in your mighty name for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And we say together, amen, amen, and amen. I want to read just a few of these verses again, starting in verse two. The Lord said to Gideon, the troops with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Israel will only take the credit away from me, saying my own hand has delivered me. Now, therefore, proclaim this in the hearing of the troops. Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home. Thus Gideon sifted them out, 22,000 returned and 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the troops are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will sift them out for you there. When I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. And when I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the troops down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, all the troops who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps, you shall put to one side. And all those who kneel down to drink, putting their hands to their mouths, you shall put to the other side. The number of those that lap was 300, but all the rest of the troops knelt down to drink the water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 that lapped, I will deliver you and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go to their homes. Uh, this morning, beloved, I want to speak from the subject that sometimes there are too many for victory. Hallelujah. Sometimes there are too many for a victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. When I read this story of Gideon, an it's an example to me of why we have to be careful not to judge. Right. We know in the old, the New Testament, we're told, judge not lest ye be judged. But sometimes it's hard not to see situations and make specific judgments. 
here in this story of Gideon, when we see the army being reduced from 32,000 to 300, if we didn't know the backstory and didn't know that God was involved and didn't know this was coming from God, we will be looking at Gideon and questioning how he shows up as a leader. I mean, certainly if 22,000, that's two thirds of the troops are turning home because they're afraid, how good was he at even inspiring uh, them to not be fearful and to show up? It would be easy for us to judge. Uh, we would think that he was cursed. We would think that there was no way that this army would be able to defeat, to defeat the Midianites. Uh, uh, but sometimes what we think of is a blessing could potentially be a curse. And sometimes what we would call a curse could potentially be a blessing. Sometimes the things that we think are wonderful wind up being terrible. And sometimes those things that we thought were terrible end up being wonderful. And so sometimes we have to remind ourselves not to judge a book by its cover because what we can see with our eyes is only a portion of what's going on in the situation. Uh, there's this Taoist proverb, uh, and it, it talks about this farmer. Uh, he, he and his son had a horse, uh, and the horse helped the family earn a living. And so one day, the horse ran away, and all the neighbors came running to the farmer and his son, and, and they said, oh my goodness, your horse ran away. What terrible luck. And the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few days later, the horse returned home, leading a few wild horses back from the farm. Then the great neighbors came running and running and shouting, your horse has returned and brought several horses home with him. What great luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the horses and the horse threw him to the ground, breaking his leg. Guess what happened? All the neighbors came running to the farmer and the neighbors cried, oh my goodness, your son broke his leg trying to tame one of the horses. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few weeks later, soldiers from the National Army marched through the town recruiting all boys for the army. It was a draft, but they didn't take the farmer's son because he had a broken leg, at which the neighbors came running. The boy is spared. What tremendous luck. To which the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. I really thought this was a great story because it reminds us that sometimes it's really impossible to tell whether something is good or bad, whether something's going to have the outcome that we want or whether something's going to have a different outcome at all. Sometimes we run to celebrate something that eventually causes us pain and sometimes we run away from that painful thing, even though in the end it will give us joy. We've got to be careful about how we look at life. We've got to be careful because we can judge a situation based on what we see, but not know the external factors that are going on around it. This could have happened if we were watching this story 
of Gideon and did not have the knowledge that we have about what God was doing. Uh, See, Gideon was a judge in Israel. We see him being introduced in the sixth chapter. Uh, Basically, Israel had entered a pattern during the book of the Judges uh, where Israel would do something that was terrible in the sight of the Lord. Uh, The Lord would then send their enemies to punish them. Israel then enduring all of that oppression would call out to the Lord and then the Lord would send a judge to deliver them from the hand of their enemy. You would think that they had learned, but they didn't. They went back then to idol worship and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, And then the Lord would allow their enemies to come and oppress them. After being under that oppression for a while, the children of Israel would call out to God and God would then send them a deliverer. And we had seen this before just in a few chapters earlier with Deborah, the prophet. And now we're seeing it again with Gideon. Uh, Here in this sixth chapter, we see that the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east were oppressing the Israelites. Their military excursions caused Israel to run and flee to the mountains and live in caves. Uh, These armies destroyed their crops and stole their livestock, making their lives miserable. And so what did the Israelites do? They called out to God. And when they cried out to God, this time God chose Gideon. Gideon, uh, who was sitting uh, in the, uh, on his father's land, finding himself a way to secretly thresh grain in a wine press. Threshing grain in a wine press because he was so afraid he was going to be seen by those who had taken Israel captive. And while he was there hiding, threshing grain in a wine press, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Uh, and the angel of the Lord not only just appeared to him, but it was amazing what the angel said as he is hiding, pressing grain in the wine press. Uh, the angel appears and says, uh, Mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Mighty warrior, but he was not fighting, and in his mind, he was not mighty. Uh, He told this angel that he was in the smallest tribe, and he was the weakest in the smallest tribe. So how in the world was this angel of God coming to him and calling him a mighty warrior when he had no military experience? But sometimes God sees in us things that we cannot see in ourselves. We've seen this all through the Bible. Even when David, a father, saw a shepherd, God saw a king. And here in this text, uh, he saw himself as weak and of the smallest tribe, but God saw in him a warrior. We've got to be careful how we underestimate ourselves and other people because we don't know what God sees in us. We don't know what God is doing in us, but we do know that God has the capacity to do exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ever ask or think according to that power that is at work in us. Don't underestimate yourself because you might be weak. Don't underestimate yourself because you don't see in yourself what God sees in you. There is more there. Sometimes you don't know how strong you are until you have to be strong. Sometimes you don't know how brilliant you are until you have to be creative. Give yourself an opportunity and don't give up too early and don't sell yourself short and don't let other people cause you to sell yourself short. He did not see a warrior and certainly didn't see a mighty warrior, but that's what the angel of God called him. Uh, And he said, well, if I'm so mighty, why are we in this situation that we're in? 
Beloved, have you ever asked God why? Why this thing has come upon me? Why is this happening now? Why it does it look like my enemies are greater than those who are with me? Why, oh God? Why am I sick now? Why am I unable to do for my family what I need to do for my family? Why are these terrible things happening to me? Have you ever asked God why? Because that's what Gideon said. If you're calling me great, if you're calling me a mighty warrior, then why are we suffering the way that we are? And why has God turned his back on us? The angel of God reminds Gideon, well, I'm here. And because I'm here, God is here with me. And you are a mighty warrior. And God has chosen you to deliver Israel out of the hands of their enemies. Now, remember, Gideon is from the smallest tribe and he considers himself the weakest man in the smallest tribe. But that's who God selects to lead the Israelites to victory. And sometimes we got to be careful about how we judge ourselves and others because we might be exactly what God needs in this moment. Sometimes it's not the brightest. Sometimes it's not the smartest. Sometimes it's not the one that's most prepared. Sometimes it's not the one who has the best military strategy. Sometimes it's the one with the broken heart. Sometimes it's the one that's been crying all night. Sometimes it's the one that doesn't know what to do. Sometimes it's the one that goes into hiding. Sometimes, beloved, it could be you. The very one who's questioning God. Maybe the very one that God wants to use to give God the victory. And so that's what was happening here. It doesn't have to be the qualifications uh, that prepares you for the job. You don't necessarily have to have all the resources and training to be prepared for the job. Sometimes it is your weakness that makes you the viable candidate. Even Paul, when he was complaining about that thorn in his flesh, he said, I prayed to God three times, take this thorn away from me. And God refused to take the thorn and said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For when you are weak, that's when you're strong. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So sometimes, beloved, Weakness doesn't have to be a bad thing. Sometimes your weakness, your crying, your tears, your hopelessness is just what God needs to give you the victory. Gideon was timid. He was weak and he was afraid, but God still chose him to lead the people out of captivity. And he told Gideon one thing. He said, you know what? I'll be with you. So no matter how weak you are, if God is with you, then there's nothing you can't do. No matter how alone you're feeling, if God is with you, there's nothing you can't do. No matter how desperate you might be feeling, how oppressed you might be feeling, how left out you might be feeling, how isolated you might be feeling, if God is with you, there is nothing that you can't do. And we find ourselves here in this seventh chapter where God has told Gideon, it's time to go to war. I'm getting ready to deliver you out of the hands of the Midianites and the Amalekites. Uh, and he says, gather all the troops together. And so Gideon gathered all the troops together and they're there ready and prepared to go to war. And God said, wait a minute, hold on. There's too many troops. There are too many troops, Gideon. If I let you all go to war now, and I've already decided that I'm going to give you the victory, 
then those who are going with you will think that they did it on their own because it was so many of them. So I want you to do this. Uh, call the troops together uh, and let them know if anyone is afraid that they can go home. That, that's it. Just if they're afraid, they can go home. We don't need any excuses. They don't have to explain anything. No explanations. If they're scared, just tell them to go home. Doesn't make them a bad person. Amen. Praise God for their honesty, uh, that they were honest enough to even admit that they were scared. And so Gideon called the troops and told them, listen, if you're scared, go home. Go home. 22,000 troops left that day. Out of 32,000, 22,000 left. Over two-thirds of the army because they were scared. Now, we would look at that and we might have some judgment statements. We've got to be careful of those statements, though. But what we don't know is that there is a law in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 20 and 8, um, that calls for all afraid and disheartened soldiers uh, to not go into battle lest they discourage the other troops. And so this is something they had already known because it was a part of the Deuteronomic law. Uh, and so God is saying, if anybody's scared, let them go home. Uh, 22,000 went home that day because fear feeds on fear. I wonder, I wonder, this is just me wondering. I wonder if maybe there was only 10,000 who were afraid. But by the time they finished talking to their other brothers that were out there, they caused their fear to rise up too so that it could potentially have doubled the number who were originally scared. Because that's what fear does. Fear doesn't like to be alone. Fear likes company. You ought to know that. You've had people around you when you were ready to go saying, I don't know about that. People that make you doubt yourself and doubt your capacity. Even when you're strong because of what they say in your ears, it makes you fearful. Have you ever allowed someone to convince you to be afraid? That you didn't start out fearful, but by the time the conversation ended, you had changed your mind. You got to be careful of fearful people and be careful of allowing them to speak that fear into your ears. You've got to seal your ears to that kind of talk because that is not going to get you to where God is calling you to go. Fear is not final. But be careful of those naysayers. Be careful of those that don't believe because it's not enough for them to stand in isolation of unbelief. They want to convince everybody around them that they are right in their fear and they want them to get on board. Be careful of jumping on a fearful bandwagon because it's going to lead you down a road to nowhere. Fear feeds on fear. And that day, 22,000 people left. And there may be some people in your life right now that are leaving because they're scared, because they don't know what you're doing, how you're going, fearful, not ready to go to the next level with you, fearful. And sometimes they'll leave on their own and sometimes they have to be invited to leave. You listen, if you're scared, say you're scared and have a great day. Because I don't know about you, I would rather fearful people leave before I get into the fight than to have me going into a fight thinking that they're with me and then in the middle of the fight, they deserve. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'd rather have the fearful person admit that they're fearful from the beginning and then have an opportunity for them to leave than going into a fight with someone who's scared and that could potentially scare the other people that are in the fight with us. We've got to be careful of who we go into battle with. It, it might not be uh, that that person is supposed to go with you, so don't try to bring people who aren't supposed to go. Let me say that again. Don't try to bring people with you who aren't supposed to go. 
Uh, after that, uh, they found there was 10,000 people left. 10,000 soldiers. Uh, and God said, you know what? I want still uh, for you to sift them out a little bit more because there's still too many for a blessing. Now, God, how was that so? We've already reduced it down from 32,000 to 10,000. And now you're still saying there are too many? Well, who needs to leave now? He says, take them down to the river uh, and let them drink. Um, those that lay down and lap water like a dog, set them to one side. And those that kneel and bring the water up to their mouth, set them to the other side. And it was 300, the text says, that lap like a dog. And God said, it's with those 300 that I will give the victory to Israel. Send the 9,700 home. I'm going to do it with the 300. Now, this 9,700, the way I read the scripture, could represent those who had been trained for war. Soldiers who knew not to put your head down because you got to keep your head on swivel so that you know what's going on, so that you're not uh, in, in a part of a surprise attack. And so it was important for soldiers to keep their heads up even while they're eating, even while they're drinking. So that, that 9,700 represents the people who think they know. And maybe they think they know better than you, and maybe they think they know better than God. These are the people who've been trained. These are people who might uh, not participate in a military strategy that was uh, not, uh, didn't make sense. These might be the people who want to do something different. These might have been the people who wanted to go in a different direction. These might have been the people trying to convince the leader not to listen to God because they have a better idea. These are the people who try to tell you how to run your life based on how they've run theirs. And often how they've run theirs hasn't been successful, but now they have advice for you. I'm trying to help somebody right now. Not that their experience is not worthy, but it's their experience, which is very different from your experience. Be careful of the people that think they know. Be careful of the people that have all the answers because as God is giving you an unorthodox assignment, those people will stop you in your tracks every time. I don't know about that. You, you fasted for how long? And you and 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 how I don't think that's healthy. Uh, these are the people you, you're going to do what you are applying for the, the job, but you don't even have the minimum. Um, quite, these are the people you, you're going to you're going to do what? Because they can't wrap their mind around um, something that is beyond their understanding. And when anytime there is divine intervention and God is doing something new, it's going to look different than what you've seen in the past. And these are the people who would look at your situation and say that God is not with you when God is at the very center of what you're doing. Be careful of the people that think they know. Not only do they think they know better than you, but sometimes they think they know better than God. And so God is saying, no, I don't need those people. And there may be people in your life right now who need to be separated for the season that you're in. You might be in a season where your faith has to be activated and where you have to be led by the things that you don't know. And someone is in your ear trying to tell you what makes sense. But sometimes God is not interested in logic. God is interested in faith. Do you have faith? the size of a mustard seed, because if you do, you can move mountains. Well, beloved, there were 300 left from 32,000. Uh, and Pastor Coleman would say to us, because some people can't go all the way. 
They can go part of the way. They can go some of the way, but they can't go all the way with you. Uh, my mother would say that there are people that come into your lives for three reasons. For a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Sometimes people come just for the one reason, uh, to help you get the job, to help you move to the next level, to help you learn the lesson that you needed to learn so you'd be prepared for what's to come. Those are reason people. They come in, they're there for a very short time, and then they leave. And then there are people that come into our lifetime for a season. You might be going through the worst situation in your life and somebody shows up and is able to encourage you, able to inspire you, able to keep you lifted up, able to speak life into your dead situation. But then as soon as you get to the mountaintop, they don't know how to deal with you because they only know how to deal with people who are in the valley. And then what we try to do is then try to take people who are called to be with us in the valley to the mountaintop and it creates chaos. The chaos comes when we try to keep people too long. We got to ask ourselves, am I trying to keep this person too long? Because people come into your life for a reason. They come in for a season or some are there from a lifetime, which means they're going to be there from the beginning to the end. From the time they walk in to the time someone leaves this earth. It may not be that y'all get along all the time. Y'all may not see eye to eye all the time, but these are your lifetime people. And so we ought to praise God for the people that come for a reason. And we ought to praise God when they come and we ought to praise God when they go. We ought to praise God for the people that come into our lives for a season. And don't try to keep them too long because they may not fit your new season that you're in. So we ought to praise God when they come and praise God and they go. And then we ought to praise God for people who come for a lifetime. Those people who are called to be with us and to go with us to the end. Uh, and so these ones that are left are not fearful, but they're also not strange. Uh, but they are the ones that Gideon was given 300 Sometimes when God is downsizing for your deliverance, you've got to understand that the people that are leaving were not meant to stay and don't try to keep people in your life who God is moving out of your life. I just need about five people who are in agreement that when God is down, have you ever went through a downsize in your life where you didn't understand why people were leaving and why you couldn't depend on nobody, why you couldn't count on anybody? God was downsizing for your deliverance. So they took 300. God told Gideon it's time to go fight. God might have perceived Gideon had a little hesitancy. So he told him, you know what? You go down and take your armor bear with you. Go down to the camp. Get close so you can hear what they're saying. And when he got down there, he had heard a man talking about a dream he had about how some barley uh, came and rolled into the camp. And when it got into the camp, it destroyed everything in the camp. I mean, his comrade who's listening to the dream interpreted the dream for him and said, um, that is none other than Gilead, son of Joash, because God is with him and has given Midian into their hands. And when Gideon heard of the interpretation and heard the dream, he worshiped God immediately. Because sometimes when we get good news, instead of running back to tell somebody, we got to stop in our tracks and worship God. We got to stop where we are and give God a praise. I know it's some people in here right now who need to give God a praise for what they see for what they've heard, for what they've come to understand before you pick up the phone and call your girl before you go downtown and meet your boy. Give God some praise for God is worthy. I love it. I love it because these 300, uh, Gideon took them and divided them up into three companies. And he gave them specific instructions. He said, now when I blow the trumpet and crack my jar, uh, there is going to be victory. victory. 
So I want you to do what I do. Uh, so he gave everybody a trumpet, made sure everybody had a trumpet, and made sure everybody had a clay jar. And inside the clay jar was a torch that was lit up. And they went in the middle of the night when it was darkest. Uh, and he blew the trumpet. And when he blew the trumpet, everybody blew their trumpets. Uh, and then after they blew the trumpets, he cracked the, the clay jar. And everybody cracked their clay jar. And then there were torches. Can you imagine uh, what this army experienced in the middle of the night when they're dead sleep? And they hear 300 trumpets blowing. Uh, and they hear 300 jars cracking. Uh, and they see 300 torches lighting up the sky. It was so confusing to them that they started fighting and killing each other. And Israel got the victory. Israel got the victory because uh, there was obedience in the camp. Because Gideon was obedient to God and understood that going in with 300 was better than going in with 32,000 when God had given you instruction and God had given the provision. And so we've got to know that God wants us to have victory in our life right now. We may be going through a downsizing. There may be some people who are leaving, but God wants us to have the victory. And God is with us and God may use some unorthodox military strategy in your life for you to get the victory, but victory is coming. Hallelujah. Victory is coming. Hallelujah. Victory is coming. Hallelujah. And sometimes God's got to downsize in order for you to get your deliverance. Beloved, don't doubt what God may be doing in your life right now. Don't doubt because of the shakeup that God is with you. God is with you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. But sometimes God has to shake up your life to remind you of who you are, to remind you of how strong you are. Even when you feel like you're weak, when God is working with you, God is strong. Beloved, be careful about judging as people come and as people go. Because just like that Taoist farmer who showed us anything is possible and we don't know what the final outcome will be unless we keep on living. So make the decision today to keep on living, even when it looks like things are falling apart, even when it looks like the people you need the most are leaving. Trust that God is in the midst of it. Trust that you have everything that you need for God to get a victory in your life. Be obedient to what God is calling you to do. Trust that God knows better than you know. And keep on living. Keep on loving. Keep on serving. Keep on trusting. Believe in God for a best case scenario. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Give God a praise. Sometimes, beloved, we have too many for a victory, too many for a blessing. Let God downsize so that you can get the deliverance that you've been waiting for, that you and your family needs. Trust God on today. Hallelujah. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. We thank you and we love you, God. We are so grateful for this day that you've given us, so grateful for this word that you've given us. Thank you, God, for helping us to understand we are not losing our minds, but all is well. All is well. For you are with us. 
God, thank you for standing tall in us and reminding us that when we're weak, that's really when we're strong. Thank you for reminding us to seal our ears to, to the fearful nonsense that people are speaking. Thank you for reminding us that just because they think they know, what they know may not be applicable for what we need. Thank you, God, for showing us who we are and whose we are and who you are over and over and over again. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We love you. We bless you. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we say together, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, beloved. God bless you, beloved. I know sometimes we don't want to hear it, but sometimes we've got too many people around us for God to get the glory out of our lives. Don't be afraid of a little reduction because that little reduction can lead to a great victory. Amen? Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday. Have a wonderful week. Please make sure you check in, paying attention to those announcements uh, that we shared on today. And now God bless us collectively and individually until we meet on the other side where the sun neither rises nor sets because the sun is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And it's in your name, O oh Lord that we say together, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.